This podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no E's dot com. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Transpersonal Radio with Angela Lynn Gibson. Remember, your thoughts upload your reality. Think wisely and always prepare to ignite. Welcome. Welcome to Transpersonal Radio. Transpersonalradio.com. Real talk for real life. Inspiring podcasts. Exploring personal empowerment. empowerment. And transformation. Through parapsychology, spirituality, and how your thoughts Up. upload your reality. And now your host, Angela. Angela L. Gibson. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash transpersonal radio. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello, loyal listeners and new listeners. This is Angela L. Gibson. I apologize for disappearing without warning some time ago, but I do appreciate your patience. As many of you know, this podcast originally started under spiritual lucidity in 2010. It has since evolved into transpersonal radio. I'm excited to be back and excited about the direction of this dynamic project. But first, I'd like to give you a little explanation of where I've been and what I've been up to. In October 2011, as I was being rushed to a Bahamian hospital by ambulance, I had time to think ruefully that I was going to go out as I had wanted. Well, (laughs) almost. My vision didn't involve hospitalization at an inland island hospital. I've said, and many of you know this, that when it's my time, the last thing I want to see, hear, and smell is the ocean. Of course, I can't think of many places that are more beautiful for that than the Atlantis Resort on Paradise Island in the Bahamas, so there's that. But that wasn't exactly what I had in mind. As I slipped in and out of consciousness, I could see the concern on the paramedic's face. He maintained his professionalism, but the message was clear. We both knew I might be flown back to the States quite differently than I had arrived. But now that the moment was finally here, I had a decision to make. You see, I've had a few near-death experiences over my lifetime. In fact, my most recent ones before this experience was December 2010 and another one in January 2011. But my Bahamian NDE was a turning point that trumped them all. There were a few moments that I thought I might just let go. I was tired. No, that's an understatement. I was exhausted. I'm talking about a bone-weary exhaustion that no rest can remedy and letting go would bring peace. In the end, I decided not yet. I have work to do, but things were going to have to change in a big way. When I returned stateside, my first course of action was to leave the ranks of the millions of U.S. citizens who are medically uninsured or underinsured. Luckily for me, that happened within days of my return. My ambulance trip in the Bahamas was 27th of October, 2011. I was officially medically insured 1st of November, 2011, thanks to Alex Sturman, 
a client of mine for whom I had been doing web development and internet marketing for the past three years. Now, some would call this manifesting. I call it genuine asking and receiving. There is a difference, and I'm going to talk about that in some future podcasts. But for now, let's just say that Alex was one of my guardian angels. Not only did Alex get me insured, but he got me connected with some of the top physicians, cardiologists, and neurologists in the Sacramento, California area. Divine intervention? (laughs) You bet it was. Long story short, in January 2012, I was diagnosed with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, otherwise referred to as POTS. That's a mouthful, I know, and some of you are probably going, what the heck is that? Well, basically, POTS is a form of dysautonomia, and in non-fancy terms, basically what it means is that my autonomic nervous system, the nervous system that's responsible for all the body's automatic functions that you shouldn't have to think about, like your heart rate, breathing, body temperature, digestion, pupil function, and perspiration, doesn't function properly. As an example... My resting heart rate was consistently 100 beats per minute. And when I would go from a lying position to a sitting or standing position, my heart rate would be up to 180 beats per minute. As you can imagine, this was a very serious situation. In January 2012, working with a team of cardiologists, I was put on a beta blocker called metoprolol, and I started to get my life back. Things were looking up, and I hadn't felt this good in years. And let me tell you, that is by no means or any stretch of the imagination an understatement. Because prior to this, I was literally bed-bound. I was house-bound. I couldn't do anything. Getting started on the beta blocker allowed me to start semi-functioning again and start getting back on my feet. I continued to do pretty well until April 2012 when I once again was on my way to the emergency room. You see, in this case, I had been suffering from a severe pain in my right temporal lobe that was radiating into my right eye. And this all started on a Monday evening. I had also noticed some dysfunction of my left hand. I couldn't grip or grasp objects, and a couple days prior to that, I had been slurring my words, and I had been doing a little bit of slobbering. It it almost seemed as if I had been drinking. Of course, I hadn't. I had ignored all of this as just because... I was really tired, and I was still healing from all the other challenges my body had been through the past few years. However, the next morning, I still had a slight headache, and then suddenly, without warning, I lost all ability to speak, and my entire left side became paralyzed to my waist. In addition, my entire face was numb. To say that it was a frightening experience, (laughs) again, quite an understatement. The ER staff thought I was having a stroke. Of course, I thought the same. After a CAT scan, with and without contrast, an MRI, a spinal tap, and various other tests, I was admitted to the hospital in the neurology stroke unit. To this day, the docs tell me they can't rule out a TIA, or a transient ischemic attack, 100%, which is basically a mini-stroke, but they are secure in their diagnosis of complicated hemiplegic migraine, which is a rare neurological disorder that mimics strokes and could, in fact, lead to a stroke in some cases. So now, I was officially diagnosed with hemiplegic migraines in addition to the POTS. I was prescribed a calcium channel blocker called verapamil in addition to the beta blocker to mitigate the frequency and severity of the complicated hemiplegic migraine attacks 
and reduce my chances of a stroke. By now, I had an entire team of doctors, including two neurologists, two cardiologists, two general practice physicians, and a PA. In September 2012, I was sent to a neurological specialist who had been trained and was considered a top fellow at the Cleveland Clinic. The Cleveland Clinic is renowned for being one of the top neurological hospitals in the nation. After more testing and exams, my new doctor officially diagnosed me with autonomic neuropathy, comorbid with POTS and hemiplegic migraines, specifically idiopathic peripheral autonomic neuropathy. Idiopathic means without known cause. Peripheral autonomic neuropathy is a form of dysautonomia that can cause POTS. Autonomic neuropathy can also cause migraines, so it's all related. In my case, most likely hereditary, a genetic disorder. I have been symptomatic and in and out of hospitals my entire life. With that came misdiagnoses and at times absolute dismissal and a shunning as a head case. I've had my share of doctors telling me it's all in my head, it's stress, it's anxiety, it's panic attacks. This go away and calm down, you'll get over it. Some physicians have been downright rude. In fact, I overheard one of the ER physicians out in the hallway outside my room during my April 2012 visit say that he thought I was full of BS. Maybe I was just acting because I needed attention because, oh yeah, that's exactly how I would want to spend my day. I don't know about you, but not, not so much. That was the same day I was admitted because they finally realized, luckily, some of the other physicians, that there was something serious going on. I was hospitalized for a week and recovery took over a month. I had minor residual effects for up to three months. During my hospital stay, I was evaluated by yet another psychiatrist who affirmed that my condition most certainly was not in my head, nor was it coming from a psychiatric condition, that I did in fact have a real condition that needed medical attention. I am so grateful for all the physicians over my lifetime who have sincerely listened to me and tried to diagnose such a rare disorder, even if they couldn't figure it out. And I'm extremely grateful to all the physicians who listened to me and finally did figure out what was happening. You know, it's not surprising that many have become disillusioned and disenchanted with the state of modern Western medicine. Allopathic medicine certainly has its place in acute trauma and care. It is not, however, well-equipped to deal with proactive, preventative medicine, nor long-term care, reduction or prevention of autoimmune diseases, illnesses idiopathic in nature, or chronic illnesses. Naturopathic holistic practices, including Chinese medicine and herbal pharmacology, are modalities much better suited to address these issues. However, even this is not enough. In a quest for restoring a sense of balance and health in my physical body, as well as regaining a connection to my spiritual self, I have come to understand that while there are various developments of the world's mystical traditions and spiritual and medicinal practices, there is one basic premise underlying almost all of them. That is a respect and an understanding of the human psyche. My particular condition has followed a course of remission recurrence over the years. That was one of the contributing factors of why it was so difficult to diagnose. What I'm going to say next may be offensive to some. Indeed, originally it was pretty offensive to me. I'm going to tread lightly here, but please hear me out. It is true that this condition is not all in my head. It is not simply stress, 
nor is it simply anxiety. It is neither imaginary nor psychosomatic. I have passed plenty of psychiatric evaluations over the years, including all of those required for law enforcement. I have always been given a clean bill of mental health. Those of us who have dysautonomia or autonomic neuropathy know intimately the battle we've had to undertake to get physicians to take us seriously and run the necessary tests to persevere in finding answers for the physical symptoms we present with without simply writing us off and sending us on our way. It took me until the age of 43 to be properly diagnosed, so I know full well the frustration of being written off as a conversion disorder case. However, having said that, what if part of it is to do with the psyche? What if the mind is responsible for creating disease from negative thought patterns and repeating viral programming? Okay, now that you've spewed your tea or coffee and you've cursed me out, let me continue. No, really, hear me out. And then feel free to disagree. Have you ever wondered how certain people don't get ill even when around contagious people? Think of the Black Plague in Europe. What about the family members who cared for those stricken with the plague and yet never came down with the disease themselves? Yes, there is a biological component, a genetic component, a reason certain people's immune systems reject disease while others don't. We can explain this scientifically. But even after going through all the inner workings of the immune system and the pathophysiology, we're still left asking why. Think about cancer patients or others who have a terminal disease who have been given a 1-5% to chance of survival. People who have been told to get their affairs in order because they have a death sentence. And yet, some of those people come back from that to be miraculously cancer-free or suddenly and inexplicably cured of whatever terminal disease they've been diagnosed with. Have you ever wondered why? There are tens of thousands of people, or even hundreds of thousands of people, who have miraculous stories of near-death experiences or terminal illnesses, who spontaneously recover and leave medical science standing in awe and wonder. Many have described the power of prayer, or divine intervention, or mind over matter, or the placebo effect. No matter what you call it, there's no denying that some supernatural healing is occurring. Don't you want to be one of those cases? I know I do. As I've mentioned already, my condition is most likely genetic. It's still most likely because I have not gone forward with genetic testing at this point, even though I have had three different physicians talk to me about it. One family physician and two neurologists. What I have is idiopathic, meaning the physicians have now determined that I do have a medical condition that is not just in my head, but they don't know why. There's that mystery again, a missing piece. The physicians are able to treat the symptoms of my condition, for which I am eternally grateful. Believe me, no question about it. I absolutely must have this type of treatment at this time. Allopathic intervention literally saved my life. But none involved still knows the cause. So allopathic medicine is not the end of the story. It's only a piece. Naturopathic treatments are also treating the symptoms, not the cause. So what does it take to experience supernatural healing? 
I'm talking about true healing, where there's no need to treat the symptoms any longer because the underlying cause has been addressed. There can be no true healing unless we do indeed address the psyche in addition to treating the body. There is absolute truth to mind, body, and spirit being in balance for optimal health. I'd like to explore and better understand why certain people remain healthy even when exposed to environmental conditions that should by all means cause illness. I'd like to reverse engineer why some people seem to inexplicably recover fully even after being given a death sentence. What is this mystery, this secret? That's a mystery I definitely want solved. That's a secret worth being privy to, don't you agree? First of all, if you're under the care of a physician and or you are on prescription medications, you should continue with that care. What I'm talking about is not to replace the care provided by a licensed medical physician, and you should never stop taking any prescription medication without working with your physician to do so. As of this podcast, I am still taking my calcium channel blocker. Although, in working with my cardiologist and neurologist, and doing a lot of work to transfigure my thought patterns, I have successfully been off my beta blocker for about nine months. I remain under the care of a cardiologist and neurologist. What I have experienced is that by working in tandem with my allopathic physicians and working with a counselor to transfigure how I process environmental input and past programming, I have gotten to the point where I have experienced supernatural healing that even my physicians see. I get to bear witness for my physician and others. It's cool, right? Now let's think about this for a moment. Do you agree that there actually are and have been cases of spontaneous healing. Perhaps you've even seen one yourself, or maybe you've done it. Whether you call it the power of prayer, or divine intervention, or angels intervening, or mind over matter, or the placebo effect, or the law of attraction, or the power of positive thinking, or a miracle, there are plenty of documented cases where the mind is capable of healing disease. The body and the mind are intelligently designed and interact like a finely tuned machine. And the mind can cause disease or can create supernatural healing. Science teaches us that humans emit an electromagnetic field. In other words, the body emits an invisible yet detectable energy field. Some refer to this energy field as the biofield or the aura. An analogy would be electrons traveling through a copper wire to produce energy in the form of electricity. We are unable to see the electrons traveling through the wire, yet we are able to detect their presence and the end result, which is electricity, by using various equipment such as ohm meters, voltmeters, and oscilloscopes. Similarly, there are tools that can detect the energy movement of the human biofield even if apparently undetectable by the human eye, although there are some who profess to be able to see auras unaided. My point is that there is no doubt that this energy field exists. Indeed, it can be argued that on a quantum physics level, we are nothing but energy, a light beam, composed of particle wave duality. It is this energy field that can be stymied causing illness or manipulated to allow healing. This energy field has been described as an interaction of seven chakras, or energy centers that flow along meridians or energy channels. Hindus 
refer to it as prana. Buddhists and Chinese call it qi or qigong. Islamists, Jews, and even some Christians describe chakras as energy centers connected to major organs, glands, and systems. When these energy centers and energy channels are in a state of homeostasis with energy flowing freely, a person is in a state of optimum health and vitality. If these energy centers or energy channels are blocked or damaged in some way, this allows for a state of disease or in worst cases death. Gibbs free energy equation demonstrates that death occurs in a biological system when delta G equals zero. In other words, all energy flow in all energy centers has ceased in the mind-body system. The psyche is command central for this chakra flow. Therefore, while allopathic medicine, naturopathic medicine, energy healing and body work can be essential to the healing process, none of these modalities is sufficient without addressing the human psyche as well. Specifically, we need to address the genetic illness or genetic code or the generational viral patterns being ignorantly passed along from grandparent to parent to child perpetuating the cycle of illness. If the psyche has the potential to create or miscreate, causing or contributing to illness and disease, then the inference can be made that the psyche is also capable of healing that illness or disease. I've learned a tremendous amount over the last few years about how the psyche interacts with the body and I understand so much more how to find the source of discomfort, pain, disease, chronic illness or cancer. I've also learned how to transform and transfigure the viral patterns and eradicate disease from my mental, emotional and physical body so I can embrace life fully with joy, ready to live my optimum. Don't get me wrong, I still deal with symptoms. This is an ongoing process, it's a continuing process, but I can tell you that I have successfully gone from being bedbound and housebound to being fully active and engaging in life again. I have successfully weaned off my beta blocker and hope to eventually wean off my calcium channel blocker as well. I'm in talks with my neurologist at this time and we have a plan of action in place. I am living a more aware, joyful and fulfilling life and truly try to live each day with gratitude. Thank you for allowing me to share my challenges and my joys with you. It's good to be back. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Steve Schoen, an accomplished professional voice actor and audio producer who created my new intro and outro for Transpersonal Radio. Steve is based out of the Sacramento, California area. If you'd like to hire Steve for voiceover work, you can find him at soundsofmyvoice.com. That's sounds with an S, soundsofmyvoice.com. Steve is also an event entertainer and wedding DJ. If you want to liven up your event with a truly talented and fun personality, check out sacramentoweddingdj.com. You can also find Steve on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash Steve dot shown. That's S-C-H-O-N. Thanks, Steve.
Thank you. Thank you for listening to Trans Transpersonal Radio. If you'd like to suggest a future future topic or be a guest, visit transpersonalradio.com. Call the hotline at 619-800-6057 or or like our page, facebook.com slash transpersonalradio.